Every day is upside down in Sonji Land. Hi and welcome to the Sonji Land show where everybody's upside down. And today I am super happy to be here with Mauricio Jara, who is a great, great hand balancer, very strong. And um, he teaches at INAC here in Portugal, the specialization of hand balance. And you guys probably know, I asked you to send me questions on my Instagram story and I got many, many, many replies. So I'm gonna try, or we are gonna try to cover as much as we can, but apologies already if we don't manage to cover everything because I really got a lot of questions. So I'm actually gonna ask you right away, one of the questions was, um, is it hard to be such a badass? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess it was hard to start. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it's not that hard to just maintain your training <laughs> but yeah um, I also know that some people wanted to ask how because that's a very general question about how how you start yeah how you start in the handstand journey mm -hmm. and um, for me this was a little bit um, starting uh, in two different ways in my life so one one was when I was just practicing like a hobby and I was not taking this anything it was not like a serious activity in my life but it was still important and the second start was when I decided I wanted to be a hand balancer. How so, old were you at that time? So when I started um, practicing I was I was very young I was like seven years old but the, the approach that I was having was like you know like I was just a kid that liked being on his hands and walking around. And that was pretty much I did as a hobby um, through all my yachts until mm -hmm. high school and and it was always this activity that was with me. And I never got it anywhere and I did not know about circus and I did not know about hand balancers. It was very me. Yeah. Um, and then after I joined, after a few uh, more training in other areas, I did, for example, judo, a martial art. And I also did a little bit of gymnastics, but I was not I was not really a gymnast, but mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. And I started when I was already old to start gymnastics. I was 18 and I, only, I did even less than a year, mm -hmm. uh, mainly because I also had college. And about that time, uh, it was when I, when I turned 20, I decided I wanted to turn back to where I started and start and sense for real so i mean i discovered there was like circus and stuff and how did you discover that and who inspired you to start <clears throat> so i have a lot of people that inspired me but uh, one that maybe was more of an influence at that time at least from what i was seeing was yuval ayalom mm -hmm. and also at the same time after i discovered miguel santana but you know when you see them it's like similar technique because it's kind of coming from the same teacher that is this Claude Victoria that actually he recently passed away yeah, and um, yeah so it was actually was uh, yesterday it was a kind of sad day for the Hanson community but at the same time it's good because I think his teachings will continue on all his students so all the, the people he inspired you also because you worked with him too yeah I was with him I was I had that blessing because I, I was planning this trip um, so two years ago the first time that I came to Europe it was in my plan to go and see 
uh, the old club and uh, it was Yuval and Miguel who helped me get in touch with him mm-hmm. and it was a very nice time it was me and and uh, now my wife uh, at that time it was not my wife but <laughs> we were in his house uh, one week and mm-hmm. it was very nice yeah nice so uh, how did you make the transition then to teaching at Inak? Um, because you weren't in circus at all, right? Yeah, no. I mean, when I first started training handstands uh, when I was 20, I, as I said, because I, I already had a little experience, so I could hold a handstand, obviously. And I, I was, and but my approach for so many years was obviously not directed by anyone that knew about this. So I had like a lot of banana shape. My flexibility was really bad, mm-hmm. and um, and. And yeah, so so what I did was like trying to go back to basics uh, because I was already 20, going back to basics, trying to fix my body in the ways that I knew that was going to get a more efficient practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I had that advantage that I was already comfortable in my hands. I could not do one arm, I could not do any really high level skill when I started, but I was still, I did not have to go through all this process (coughs) to prepare my wrist or to prepare my body because I, I did that before. Uh, and uh, and and I wanted to join circus school or to have a teacher, but at the moment there was no one in Costa Rica where I lived. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but I was always involved in the world of teaching because I was working in a gym where they were teaching gymnastics, and I was always like assistant. And then they gave me one group, and so I was always mm-hmm. involved in the teaching world. It was something I enjoyed. I was mm-hmm. teaching also at the beginning it was more like kids. And then I was getting groups from different ages, but normally it was actually more people, young young people that wanted to do gymnastics, and a few of them were gymnasts yeah. uh, or in in the information. Uh, so this transition came be- mainly because when I after I the, the same years that I traveled two years ago to train with Claude and to meet with other hand balancers such as Yuval and other people I wanted to meet. Uh, it was three months just wandering around touring Europe. Mm-hmm. and training it was hard to train though because when you're traveling you already know that yeah. it's very hard to train <laughs> um, horrible yeah so that was the first contact i had also with inak because um, amanda my wife she wanted to get in this school mm-hmm. and in this moment i was still deciding whether if i wanted to get in school and after this trip i realized like i was already a hand balancer yeah and claude told me that like what would you do in a school and it's not that i cannot learn in the school but Really, I was already too much into this world, mm-hmm. and I had already my own training. Uh, so, so I spoke with the guys in Inak, but she stayed there. I came back, and after, well, they they offered me to work with them, and mm-hmm. I was very happy to get it. And uh, even though I love Costa Rica and I love my country, I believe that for the area of my work, it's not the best place to be at the mm-hmm. moment. So, and I want to do what what I do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, now I. Yeah, so it's perfect. It just came the right yeah. way, right? Okay, uh, can you tell us just very briefly what your day looks like? How much do you teach? How much do you train? And like, yeah, the loads. Okay, so I mean, my now my training has changed, and it, it kind of is normal. Like it, these changes throughout the years, not just in a technical level on the things I do, but now let's say because when I started, I was doing more. <clears throat> Obsessed. I was more obsessed with you know every day, six days a week. I was training three to four hours handstands, mm-hmm. 
um, and now I still kind of do this time, but I divide it between the day because now I have other things to do because now I normally go to school in the morning and every trimester the schedule will change. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this uh, in this circus school, I am teaching two kinds of hand balancing because I teach handstands for the per- people that are not hand balancers, that do not want to take a specialty, but handstand is still useful in circus. So, and so everybody, yeah, has, everybody to has to take handstand. And then I teach handstand for special special mm-hmm. students. I mean, special uh, students. Yeah, they're very special <laughs> for specialization. Yeah. And... Um, and so it's different objectives, different goals. Yeah. And and to make my training fit, I just adapt to the schedule. So in my free times, sometimes I will train one hour mm-hmm. at the start of the day, one hour and a half, and then another one hour, one hour and a half at the end. Mm-hmm. And when I have the time, I train three hours. And, and because the school is open until 9 p.m. and from 5.30, they're already over. I can stay until 9 training. Okay. But yeah, a lot of times I'm very tired because teaching also gets you very tired Um, but that's how I manage now I'm like and it it also depends for for example this uh, last weeks I was performing a lot yeah so I was not really training but it was a different kind of training because it was the first time when I was doing I've done a lot of performance before but it was the first time I was doing so much, so many performance in such three a short time. Three per day, right? Yeah, I was doing three per day, like two weeks in a row, and it was yeah. crazy. And Seven days a week? No, one day. No, rest. we had one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you need, yeah, yeah, you need one day rest, uh, and it was not enough. So I, I was yeah. not, I was not training. I basically was coming to the tent, doing my warm up, doing some headstands, and then perform, and then come yeah. back in the afternoon, do the same, and then in the night, do the same. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, so people were asking specifically because you are very good at strength-related skills, what your strength training looks like. Okay, um, again, because I, I believe that my body was more built to strength moves when I started, Mm-hmm. Mainly because uh, what I did be- before, and and because I did so many mistakes that my body got strong, <laughs> or that's mm-hmm. a way of putting it, you know. Ah, uh, uh, you mean like because when you started? Yeah, when you I were started, I yeah, I was not being the best efficient, and it's, I'm not I'm not recommending people to not be efficient because then I don't want that to I don't want this is not true. I'm just yeah. saying that the way I was training at the moment. I knew I know that at some point it, it helped me get stronger yeah uh, but also in the long run it was affecting me uh, mm-hmm. so my so what I mean is I always did a lot of conditioning I never did weights but and all these kind of things but I did always a lot of conditioning so strength was always uh, a part of important important part of my training I normally what do you mean do, by conditioning uh, so I do conditioning with my own body so yeah not, not like calisthenics way it's just more adapt to handstand but I would do always like end up with sets of handstand push-ups I will do a little work in the bar not a lot but just a little every day mm-hmm. and uh, all these that are essentially for your core and I was never lazy in these things. Uh, so I never specifically trained for skills sometimes like planche. Like I would just after try and my body was already strong enough to to actually get close and then to get yeah. the skill. Uh, so now what I was doing actually was more a balance between 
as strength skills and mm -hmm. and and more. Uh, I mean, these these strength skills would not be my priority, but they would still be something I was working on rather mm -hmm. than just simply because you spend so much time training that you 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 kind of kind of kind of get bored if you just do the same. Mm -hmm. Or at least that that's the the what was happening for me. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously more focused in things that were getting me at the beginning, like the getting the one arm and even less than that, just getting a good range of motion and flexibility to open up my shoulders and my splits that were terrible. And but but yeah, but I never left this you know the strength yeah. uh, conditioning exercise for handstands. Yeah. Okay, so incredible. You didn't really have to work hard for a patch, you said. Yeah, I'm, I, I had to work hard. It's just that because the past work that I did, it was obviously I skipped this. It's not that I skipped, it's just that I did it before. Because, for example, I remember when I first started to press and at a very young age, it was not really a press. I was basically doing a, the start of a press and then a handstand push it through it yeah. in the floor. Yeah. And I thought that was a press. So bended elbows mm -hmm. and just it was the way because I was uh, younger I didn't know how to do that without someone telling me that it looks ugly which I still think it was fine <laughs> because it was very fun. <laughs> um, somebody actually particularly asked the question about planching. Mm -hmm. Do you think for hand balance? I'm just gonna check. Yeah. How they check. wrote it because um, I thought that was an interesting question. Do you think planche training should be a part of every hand balances programming? And did your uh, planche strength help you a great deal? Or was it hindering at times, like in terms of having technical yeah. awareness? Okay, so no, it, it not. It, I don't think it should be. But I don't think it shouldn't be. Because it's like, uh, I mean, planche training is just one skill. And for example, girls, okay, I know girls that can do planche very well. Yeah. But yeah, most of them don't go to that skill, and they're still great hand balancers mm -hmm. because it's a uh, it's a, it's more like yeah, it's like a strength move, and uh, what I believe is that it helps you in the way that of course it help it's helpful if you are if you know how if you're strong enough to hold your body in a in a handstand but in a horizontal position, not just vertical. Yeah. It 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 means you're strong. So yeah, it, it yeah it will exactly it gives more options and and it's good but it's not going to help you with real balance when you're in a vertical position or at least yeah. not in that way and that's why a lot of people that train calisthenics are very good at planching but then they have trouble with the handstand mm -hmm. yeah. so it's not, I don't recommend not doing it I mean if it's a skill you want obviously you can. Mm -hmm. You can go for it, but you have to again balance and do not spend. I mean, if you're going to spend, let's say, if you're going to spend twenty minutes in this in this skill, uh, doing progression for this skill, then you spend more time in handstand. If you want hand balancing, mm -hmm. if you just want to be strong, then you can just keep on planching mm -hmm. because it's stronger than doing a handstand. Yeah, in a way, it's less efficient. To be there you know if you see someone how long he can hold a handstand mm -hmm. and how long he can take it to a planche it's obviously harder with yeah. a planche yeah, yeah but yeah so um <clears throat> the second question about if your strength ever has hindered you to learn efficient balance because you were able to muscle through some moves that other people just would fall do you oh. think that was ever the 
case, like in terms of it was mm-hmm. a hindrance for you? Yeah, it was at the start. When I started seven years ago with handstands, um, I, I mean, I wanted to to get the one arm. I I was basically just trying not to fall. Mm-hmm. That was the main idea. Yeah. And and I was using any resource that I had. Yeah. It was the, the same thing that we were discussing yesterday when they were also asking me about the approach to do one arm press and one arm, one arm lower into croc. Yeah. That are kind of different, very different skills. And it was the same. I remember the first time I did the uh, lowering from one arm to croc, I was not doing it. I was falling towards it because yeah. I was like fighting on my balance and then I end up like in a b-boy move. Yeah. And I was... It's because, so yeah, maybe at the very beginning, the my most early stages in the, when I decided to be hand balancer, I was using strength uh, more than, I mean, yeah, to catch on my balance. Yeah. Because, but then when I started seeing technique, I, I mean, I started seeing more the work of these other people and uh, the way it looked, I realized that I needed to attack more and, mm-hmm. and again, step backs and I was doing more holds only and not taking the arm off and 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 getting a most efficient line uh, not because it was looking pretty simply because it was feeling better in my body yeah. uh, so so I don't think it was bad also to you know because it, it's good sometimes to to just try not to fall in yeah. my in my in my case after a while I know that it was technique at the end what saved me yeah. and it was flexibility what saved me it was not strength because out of strength kind of you cannot go that far to other skills yeah. that I really wanted to have uh, so not it's not something I would recommend all the time to but it, I don't know it, at the same time it's very personal so I know that now I am I would say I have a, a good technique in essence I understand it and now with strength is not my priority but I can still go for the strength moves so yeah you know it's like it looks when you balance like for you it's more like play all the strength moves that are like a huge thing for everybody else for you you can use them to yeah. play now and to like jump on tables and you know yeah stuff like that. it's some some of part of my of the vocabulary of the vocabulary that i go for um, when i want to to train and i feel inspired to try new things um but yeah, it's it's also something that I don't know that it was after when I realized that some some of the moves were going to come easier for me and other mm-hmm. were not going to come that easy. Yeah. You know, as I told you before, I mean, one arm press did not come easy for me, but in the long run, it came easier. I mean, because then, mm-hmm. even though it took me a long time to get there, uh, then it did after I got it, it did not took me, for example, that long to got it from the floor. Seen it on the ground. Uh, can you can you just tell us a bit about the process of learning a one arm press? Yeah, so because that was also a specific question. Okay, so so for this one, I'm I'm not I'm not doing um, a lot of the things. I mean, it's kind of the same exercise that a lot of people use. I was using at the beginning. I was doing things like just holding myself in one uh, L seat in one arm, and I couldn't do it. So then I had to get a rope and yeah. get it in a position where it could help me just to lift. And stay there, and yeah. I was doing this all, uh, a lot of times. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, during during my training at the end of my training, these kind of things. When I was kind of feeling comfortable, I realized that it was different learning how to hold than actually going down or yeah. even press. So I was 
uh, using also weights uh, that is very common uh, approach and so you grab some weights in counterweight and you lower it down and I did a lot of specific flexibility that you know sometimes when you feel the muscles you're using and you know the range you need then you attack this with after you know I always uh, the, the pancake uh, I needed a lot more flexibility I have more compression and uh, yeah and it's something that uh, even though it was uh, taking longer than you want I, I realized that was very normal in any skill you want so uh, the way you can approach this is different but it's also if you look for the people that are doing uh, progressions they're kind of always the same you know mm-hmm. I was using bands so I, I, the problem with me is kind of I don't use one thing I try everything and then I get what feels good for me and mm-hmm. I believe that's the same thing that that I try to do with my students like I will introduce some 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 uh, techniques that are, I mean not techniques but some approach yeah. to the skill they want or what we want to have but I let them also decide if it works for them or not. Mm-hmm. I believe again some things it's better just to do it this way mm-hmm. but I'm a little bit more open because we all have different bodies and uh, I think it's we cannot have the same approach to the same person, even if it's yeah. the same skill. Yeah. Uh, so that's also why it's confusing sometimes the people asking me about uh, these kind of skills, uh-huh. and it's not I don't want to help, but simply they don't give me enough information. Like I don't know the person. Yeah. I don't know how to help you. Yeah. Yeah. But because they don't know what they're lacking. Or yeah, and sometimes I don't even know their background or how. You know, I'm yeah. like, well, if you want this and about online coaching, then send me a video. But then I, I stopped doing. I never did online coaching because of this. Uh, mm. It takes a lot of time. I still don't. I'm not still into it. But uh, I I believe yes that there is this thing that a lot of people want that is like very one one way and i believe that there is other ways and that yeah. it will be different for every person yeah actually i can really see this about you and this is why i appreciate you a lot as a as a teacher because what i see in you is also that you get super creative about finding ways to make the student feel the sensations he should recreate in during the skill like for me yeah. the the one arm exercises you uh you taught me they were also completely new for me like yeah. after seven months and i've met so many hand balancers you managed to teach me something new i never heard before and i thought well by now i've heard everything <laughs> yeah. but yeah so it's really good what you're doing um i'm gonna check another question that i found really interesting speaking of your teaching yeah um somebody was asking about the best tips for advanced hand balancers and also the most common mistakes that you <clears throat> see in higher levels but maybe okay. also other levels so so the mistakes thing because it's <clears throat> i i find this a uh, question that it's kind of big because mistakes yeah. are a lot and actually mistakes are they have to happen yeah. But again, I will say, as we were discussing yesterday, more general general mistakes, and that would be maybe something different than the question they are asking, but it's still something that I believe is important to to notice is that uh, uh, advanced practitioners normally have one problem uh, that I had also that it's when they are so obsessed about what what they want and they 
get one skill and get obsessed with this skill in their training mm -hmm. and then they forget the rest you know mm -hmm. so for example let's say that you want you want this certain skill that you know is hard to get mm -hmm. but it's not working this day and you your body is telling you to stop this day but you don't stop and you continue yeah. and then you're feeling pain and then you feel you're bad doing this day and you lost the day yeah and and i believe that you it's very good to, to get obsessed with the skill but in your training you cannot you know some days are not it's not going to be good and it's fine so you do your progression and then, and then you leave it you do uh, your conditioning specific for this or you do the stretching you need for this and then you leave it so that's one of the mistakes that i believe that i did also Uh, mm. Because I remember going to my house and feeling like, oh, I just waste one day doing mm. this, you know. Mm. Uh, so I believe it's, all, it's always good to have a, not be, I mean, it's not for everyone to be very structured. But if you, want, if you don't want to be very structured in your training, at least to maintain the basic things that you know that they have to happen. Because, for example, even though my, the way I train has changed a lot, mm -hmm. uh, the foundation remains. Yeah. You know, I yeah. still do my holds at the beginning, small holds. I still do my uh, basic drills at the beginning. I still, so some of these basics remain. And I think this is important mm -hmm. rather than jump into a skill. That, that's what I believe. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I believe it's, I don't know, yeah, a mistake, but it's just something bad for people. It's when you compare a lot to what you see in other people in social media. Mm -hmm. Because you see, now there is a lot of, yeah, there is a lot of great, incredible hand balancers. But comparing in the way of using someone as inspiration is very good, and that's yeah. necessary. But comparing in the way of bringing you down, or bringing the people down, or... or setting I don't know, expectations. Yeah, expectations yeah. about someone you don't know, and you don't know the process, and the way I was putting you that, that other day was like, the people show only one face normally in social yeah. media, they show the good side, and they never show the struggle. Yeah. So your head gets to believe oh, they don't have struggle. I am the one that has the problem and I'm not doing yeah. things right. Yeah. And, and it's, not, it's not the case. Normally, I mean, everyone, you, you're not born working on your Everyone had to learn. And yeah. it's true. Some people will learn faster for other reasons, but you cannot really consider who is better or not because you will have to consider how long they train, how did they have a background, mm. or uh, they had a t-shirt, or they, uh, or they, their bodies were more likely to get flexible mm. or strong fast, or they were starting very old or young. Yeah. Uh, so it's so many factors, and I believe people just get too crazy about these things. Like because I know I know this because of the questions they ask sometimes that are not very important questions. Like they ask always, uh, "What is your height? How do you? How much you weigh?" And a lot sometimes I ask for, but then I'm like, "Why are they asking this for me?" And then yeah. I'm like, "Because they're not yeah. focusing on the skill. They're just focusing yeah. on you. Like, oh, yeah. he can do this because he's small guy." Or he can do this, but he's tall, so he's, yeah. you know, and it's like, I admire a lot of the people, but I'm not going to mm -hmm. get myself in a place where I look just to what people do and I feel bad about I me mean, not being able to, mm -hmm. or me feeling good because I can think, I can do things other can. Yeah. And this is something that I believe it happens a lot in yeah. this, especially, especially in this environment of social media. Yeah. So yeah. I believe it's good to compare if you want to use someone's inspiration, but it's not good to go to this place yeah. where you're just subject of this kind of comparison it's one of big mistake yeah. yeah i also found very interesting what you said the other day uh, that different people have different strengths 
And for some people, it just makes sense, or basically for everybody, it makes sense to follow where they get better easily. Like, for example, if somebody's prone to be more flexible, follow yeah. that. Yeah, follow and, that path yeah, and discover and, these. And, and it's okay if you don't get a lot of strength moves that yeah. maybe they will come up, maybe not. Yeah, like you don't always have to fight for the thing that is super hard for you. Yeah. I mean, it's good it's because this is, what I, this is what I normally do. For example, me, because flexibility was my main problem. Yeah. And then there are some moves and some shapes that I want to get. I still want to get. And I probably know in some kind of my mind I will never get. But I still continue training them, even though I know that maybe it will never happen. Uh -huh. So it's like a way of, because sometimes you want a skill and it's not that I'm saying just give up. It's yeah. just keep working on it, but don't worry about whether if it's going to happen or when. Yeah. In, you know, because then it's like, for so I got, lo I, I got some moves that that I was working before and then, and then I get happy about that but the ones I, that are still not for me I keep training and it doesn't matter if they never happen because I enjoy training yeah. Yeah. so find a way to enjoy it and that's the most important thing you know like at least if you're doing this because it doesn't matter if you want to be a teacher of handstands or a performer of But and, and, and it's not true that you have to enjoy every day you train in the way that it, there's not going to be any struggle or bad, but in, in the end of the, and that was also we were discussing the end of the day, I think that the people doing this is nice that they enjoy their practice. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah. it's good, it's good for you because then it makes you feel good because you're going to spend a lot of time doing this, so you're not enjoying it, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So it's, it's good to relax also. Um, what are your favorite hand balancers? Favorite hand balancers. Oh, so I have I I like so many hand balancers because I just like handstands, mm -hmm. and even though I like more style more styles rather than others, I'll, I'll go more straight. Yeah, I like uh, so I like Andre Moraru, I like Pavel Stankevich, I like Artur, I like. The ones that inspired me first, just because still, I even though they're not performers, they're great practitioners like Miguel Santana, Yuval Ayalo, the other guy Yuval. Uh, oh my God, it's so many people. Uh, the one that were more inspiring though at the beginning was uh, was this Andre Moraru and this other Andre Katkov. Katkov. That you, uh, yeah, because he has a very nice work and and even though he comes from the same school, he has some uh, very interesting work that I think he started and uh, yeah and that was one of the guys I was looking forward more in the beginning as as a performer and the skills he was doing on stage mm -hmm. but people inspiring me is a lot the list is longer yeah <laughs> and it just keeps getting longer because I still know it new hand balancers yeah I'll put this off. yeah okay I will ask you one yeah, last question um what are your plans for the future for yourself Well, I I'm for the moment I'm very happy where I am in this school because mm -hmm. it's a very nice place to be environment and it also gets my artistic side that was sleeping it gets it's awakened now a little yeah. more simply nice. because I'm in an environment where it helps me to develop more this even though I'm just I, I'm, even though I'm teaching I still have the chance to perform and I have my training yeah. and I am learning a lot of things like I'm now doing hand to hand which for me was like a big challenge it's I mean it's still a big challenge yeah. I'm learning other stuff 
that is related to handstands and uh, and balancing on my head. I started doing even like Washington trapeze a little. So anyway, my plan is I I think I will remain in in Portugal as a base. From here, I'm also trying to get more involved with because I did a lot of teaching in Costa Rica, but I never got to teach in other parts. Yeah. Because I was also focusing training. I had only these few students, and then and then the workshops I was doing were was for people that was not really into handstands a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was working a lot of beginners, and I had very few opportunities to teach more intermediate and I do this now in the school mm-hmm. which is nice because now I have people that want to do handstands so I can see my the, the way I teach and what we do more in the future because these people I see every day is no is not people that come one day and go yeah so that's the amazing thing now of being in this school that you can really yeah I can work really with work them. with people for a very long period of time and it's not online and it's not it's more personal yeah. so my my plan is i i think i remain here for the moment and then um because i yeah and then i will try to also leave my teach i get when i have my free time to uh, teach oh, a lot I more yeah mm-hmm. uh, organize maybe more workshops and uh, and I wanted to in my in vacations maybe come back to Costa Rica for a while <laughs> because yeah. maybe host a retreat in Costa Rica maybe host a retreat I mean Costa Rica is beautiful so yeah <laughs> yeah it's nice great place. yeah that sounds super good and I can only recommend if uh, you get the chance if um, Mao travels and you get the chance to attend a workshop please please do so because he is really an exceptional teacher. Not only is he an exceptional hand balancer and performer, but he's really, really good at teaching and he finds ways to, uh, like I already said, to put you where you need to be and to make you feel the sensations you need to feel because that's what it's all about in the end when you learn to hand balance, right? Yeah. <laughs> to find a balance because balance cannot be taught. That's also something you yeah. said. Yeah. So thank you so, so much for being on the show. And um, yeah, I'll put your links down below, Instagram and Facebook. And remember that the world is your playground. So just go ahead and do whatever you love. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you next Monday on the Sound Show.